0: Hello, and welcome to the Clockwork Game Design Podcast. I am Keith Burgun. Today we're going to be talking about a couple of different things. I have a conversation with a friend of mine and a very active member of the KB Games Discord, artist, game designer. You may know him as No More Birds. His real name is Peter Sosinski. And yeah, he's uh, he's helped me a ton with uh, Dragon Bridge game design and Push the Lane. He did uh, or Escape the Amnok how He did a little bit of art for. So we've worked together on a bunch of stuff in the past. And um, yeah, he's really cool. And he knows his stuff about Dark Souls and the From games. And so I thought I'd have him on the show. And as someone who's know has a good amount of expertise on those games i'm the opposite of that Uh, i just sort of came into dark souls uh, as a part of the book club Uh, if you don't know we do uh, every once in a while we have a new book club game over at the uh, kb games discord Uh, right now we're playing the game tiny islands uh, which you can come and uh, join up and play the game and give your thoughts um, but, uh, yeah, so we, we've been playing Dark Souls and I finally got around to playing it. I had been very skeptical of it because I mean, console games and also, you know, action console games where you're fighting monsters and stuff like, uh, it just, it, you know, uh, I was very skeptical, but, uh, I always expected that Dark Souls was going to be better than the other, uh, games, uh, the other third person action games, but I... Um, was skeptical that I felt like it was like too little too late uh, for me. Now, when it when it came out, I already was, you know, I was already like jaded completely about video games for at least a decade or more. Um, so, uh, and I was at the height of my like board game obsession also. So I was like so far away from wanting to play some, you know, game on xbox or playstation or you know any of these like consoles i was very skeptical of all that we have a good conversation about that that's that'll be coming up a little bit later so do stick around for that um i think i might have uh uh not mentioned this but uh we uh didn't publish a uh episode last month uh we were supposed to be publishing an episode each month but last month We skipped because uh, there's just been too much going on. Uh, I have, uh, as I've maybe mentioned on the show before, I'm doing the Unity version of Universal Paperclips, Frank Lance 2017 hit web game, which was originally in JavaScript. And uh, we're making a Unity port of it, or I should say I'm making a Unity port of it, uh, which is really like tough because uh, JavaScript's a weird language, um, and I don't know JavaScript, and so I've been trying to work through Frank's code and figure out uh, how to make things. Certain things like that are so easy to do in JavaScript, like make a bunch of like lines of text and like a button, uh, you know, with text next to it and things like that. Like, there's no Unity equivalent of any of that stuff, really. Um, so it's been tricky and maybe there are Unity equivalents, but I'm just not that great at Unity, especially the Unity UI stuff It's just, ugh, it's a nightmare. So anyway, the first thing I'd like to talk about today with all that other stuff out of the way is, um, as a solo game developer, which I think a good amount of my listeners are, um, how, how do you prioritize what you're gonna work on and what you're gonna spend your time doing in terms of like your game dev time? Uh, because there's a lot of things that you could be doing right Um, there is a sort of a beeline kind of approach where you're just like all right I just want to what's the minimum I can do with everything and just head for that beeline and get it done as fast as possible and I think for a lot of smaller projects that makes sense but for larger projects you probably don't want to do that because you need to make an impression you need communicate things clearly. You need your rules to come across and get learned by people. So there's a question of like, well, how much do I polish? Um, How much do I make screenshots look really good? Recently I've I've been thinking about this a lot because I've been thinking of Gem Wizards Tactics, which is my new tactics game, which is a it's a tactics game kind of like Advance Wars or something, but it's designed for single player and designed with emergent complexity in mind. And you know there's this quite i've been i just improved the uh the color palette a lot and i'm really proud of that, how that came out uh, i've been kind of like going over the ui over and over again um, i'm going to be like adding an uh right now the the unit uh animations are two frame i'm going to m- increase them to three frames so there's like all this polish that can be done and but it's like you're one person and so there's this real question of like how much of that polish is worth it and how much it's like. How much of it is you should wait to make sure that, like, people actually like this game? Uh, I tend to have this issue of, like, and I think Oro sort of uh, did this to me a little bit, of, like, I just need to finish it, and once it's done, people will see how great it is. Um, And what's annoying about that is that there might be some truth in that. Like, some games, there is this idea in game design that... Your game should be immediately fun. Like the minute you, you know start making it, people should be like, oh, wow, this is great, I love this. And I, I really don't think that's true because I think that a lot of games need certain ingredients to be there before it like works and before it clicks for people. And Oro is like the most intense example of that because you know for years it was terrible. And at a certain point, once like kind of everything came together, it was like really near the end of development, it was like, oh, actually, this is really cool and fun now. But it really needed, like, everything to be there. And so, you know, that's where I I sort of find myself bouncing back and forth a lot of times with something. Because, uh, on the other hand, Escape the Omnachronom was a game where I worked really, really hard on it, invested a lot of money in it, invested invested a lot of time, I hired artists things like that and uh it just you know at no point was it fun and maybe maybe it just needs another year worth of work and it would be fun. I don't know exactly where to take that but um you know it's it's that's that's a pretty scary thought is that things could be like that, right, when you're working on a game. So, yeah, with Gem Wizard's Tactics, I I I'm feeling pretty confident about it because it's, you know, it's a tactics game. I think that there is a basic level of like these things kind of work and they work in a way that people sort of understand and and that kind of thing. Um, so there's questions about like, well, should I just beeline it from where I am now? Like I've done a bunch of polishing and things like that. Now is the time where I like beeline it? Or should I start improving the UI and making sure that there's like good tool tips everywhere so that people know how things are working? or is it important that i have some like single player like uh, story mode or tutorial content that can help like contextualize what is this you know um like give some some idea of like what's the backstory like who am i why am i fighting this war et cetera et cetera like maybe that's what's really important next or is maybe it's sound and music like maybe sound in particular like uh, is just super crucial to how people understand and experience these um, interactions, and without the sound, it's like it's not going to, it's just not going to connect right. Uh, or maybe I need to just actually make the game itself, the game design, the rule set better, right? Like maybe there's some missing rules. Like right now, I'm actually thinking of deleting. There's a morale system, and I'm I'm going to delete that. Um, and but that's that's kind of a minor. That that that, that that's not a huge surgical change. Um, and in order to make good game design improvements, I really kind of need playtesters to be play testing. It's very hard to improve the design too much without playtesters in my experience. Um, and But in order to get playtesters, I need like some tutorial content and I need it to be attractive and I need blah, blah, blah. So um, there's this like interlocking, like de- set of dependencies on each other in order to get the game done. Uh, And also in terms of like honing the game design, you know, the other things I've done, I just rewrote some code. Uh, It's like, how much should I spend time on just making the code base better, right? Because the code base being, the better the code base is, the easier it is for me to make changes to improve the game. It's sort of like, it's like my speed modifier on how uh, quickly or not quickly I'm able to improve the game. And then on top of that, there's also like promotional stuff, website, the ability to make quickly make GIFs that explain and, and demonstrate why is this game interesting. Um, coming up with like copy, writing copy that expresses something that's interesting about this game, or you know things like taglines or promotional art, um, doing uh, community events around the game. I mean, maybe it's a little early for some of that stuff, but maybe not. I mean, I have to start setting up like a Steam page, you know, and so I can have like early access screenshots and things like that. Making screenshots is another whole thing. So, I don't know, this is partially, this is a little bit of just me talking this through and trying to figure out like, what is important? What do I need to do next in order to get this game finished? And I I hope that other developers who are listening to this um, can share, like can understand how I'm feeling about that. You know, this is probably if you're working in a team uh, especially a team of like more than three or four people, a lot of this is mitigated because you have your sort of department or two, and then it becomes a lot easier, I think, to decide well, what should I focus on? But when you're just one person and you're the boss, there's no manager, there's nothing like that um it's it's really it's really tricky i mean on the on on the bright side quote unquote. Uh, well I don't know if quotes is the right thing there the bright side bright asterisk side um, you sort of have as much time as you need to finish the game but like that's true and not true um, it's kind of weird how um, how how time works with game development because it's like you just don't know yeah it's like okay yeah I guess I could take five years to make this game but it's like, I don't know where I'm gonna be in five years. I don't know if I'll be alive in five years. I don't know if I'll, you know what I mean? Like maybe my career and things will completely shift. Maybe things will completely change. Maybe, you know, like you don't know really what's going to happen in a few years. And so yeah, maybe you can just spend five years making this thing. Also, there's like this question of like, well, there's there's a sort of a, a momentum thing. I've been I've been building this momentum, you know, to the extent that I have been able to so far in terms of I stream all the time, I post screenshots here and there and and I, you know, I have a small community that's interested and that that like engages a little bit on uh on about this game and you know, if if the development's going to be another 2 years even, it's like You know, I remember with Oro, before the game even came out, we cycled out, like, three or four different groups of uh, playtesters. Like, I had to keep getting new people reinvested because the old playtesters would, like, you know, get bored and move on or just... Who knows? They have their own life stuff that's going on. Maybe they got married or they had to move to a new place or they decided to become a monk. You know, like, stuff happens. People have lives. And so... That's why I think it is important. There is a certain momentum factor uh, that the faster you do it, it's like the faster you do it, the faster you do it, in a sense. And by that, I mean, like, the more you just gain, you gain momentum. As you keep doing it, you you kind of do it faster. and And so these long, like, years and years long slogs, I mean, I can say for the case of Oro, part of that was because we really wanted to get it right, and we were really working hard on it. And part of it was like, just stuff kept coming up, and like there'd be like a month or two here and there where everyone just sort of disappears, uh, or you know, other things come up, and it's so so you you want to do it kind of quickly so that life doesn't have too many opportunities to get in the way. I think that's important, um, you know. And then on top of, yeah, so so on top of all these possibilities, all these things that you could be working on, there's there's your life human activities. And for me, one of the frustrating things is I have these other things, like, for example, this podcast, or I have my show, or I have other, thing, other projects I work on, um, and I have my day job, parenthesis, day job, parenthesis, S. So I do game design consulting. If you're interested in game design consulting, please could, uh, like, PM me or email me, um, and uh, I do, you know, I'm working on this paperclips uh, thing right now. I do music for people's games, uh, and so, and these are all sort of work from home kind of freelance stuff, which it's hard to, just you know, so it's like, well, maybe I should just do those, you know, and so, I don't know. Uh, these are all really good problems to have, by the way. Like, I'm, I'm very happy, and I'm so lucky and privileged that I'm able to be be a game developer at all. Uh, I think it's one of the most amazing things in the world and I'm, I'm not complaining um, and may, may may have sort of sounded like that but I, I really don't intend to complain it's more like um, and this would apply to all kinds of different sorts of creative jobs but especially bigger creative jobs that are usually creative jobs that are like that are this large and complex are not done by one person um, and Yeah, it's funny because I was working on a 4X game and I backed off that because I was like, this is going to be too much. Let me just make this tactics game. And it's like, this isn't that much that like this isn't that much different. So, yeah, anyways, um, that's more or less what I wanted to talk about with regards to priorities in game development. I'd love to hear from you and like how you try to prioritize stuff. Do you have a system? I keep a Trello board. I like sometimes use uh, sticky notes. I have a pretty messy system that like kind of works. Um, I sometimes use Google Calendar to like say like, okay, this block of time is what I'm gonna be doing blank. Um, and the show helps me having a daily show where I stream that that helps. Um, but it doesn't really answer these questions about, like, what to value. So I want to ask ask this of you. Wh- how do you decide what to value in game development and when and why? Because <laughs> uh, I think that's something that that really um, should get talked about and doesn't maybe get talked about enough uh, because, partially because, you know, well, if, usually when one person's making a game, it's sufficiently simple that one person can can kind of handle all the tasks, but I, I sort of have to make choices about certain things because I can't do everything. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, that concludes that section of the podcast. Uh, thank you for listening so far. And, um, next up, we have my conversation with no more birds, AKA Bayo snook on Twitter, AKA Peter Szynski. And, uh, yeah. Um, also, he, well, we'll talk a little bit about it at the end, but he's an artist and he's working on a comic that's really cool. I'll post the link in the show notes. Thank you for hanging out and enjoyed this conversation that I had with Peter Szynski. All right, Pete, uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, I wanted to have you on to talk about Dark Souls and the, I guess in general, also the other From games, but especially Dark Souls 1, because that's the one that I um, played. We played it as the book club game for a while. I think it was like the book club game for like a month or something.
1: Yeah, it was pretty um, long actually.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, it got a lot of conversation. It was one of the more successful, I think, uh, book club games because um, we have a few, a good number of like fans of the game who uh, have been playing it for years. And um, yeah, so I wanted to have you on to talk about the game because you know a lot more about it than I do. Um, I'm not, I never played them really when they first came out. Um, I'm just sort of like catching up now on Dark Souls Um, and uh, yeah so I don't know Uh, how would you describe what Dark Souls is to someone if they've never heard of it or played it before Uh, what is it
1: Uh, like as a like as someone who's played video games before though
0: yeah let's say someone who's played video games yeah because like everyone who's listening to this podcast has probably played video games but maybe some of them haven't played Dark Souls
1: um yeah, so I guess I mean the the big thing I think with Dark or the big thing Dark Souls did and kind of what was special about it at the time um was that it just was like it's um like a I I I always want to call it like an adventure game
0: mm-hmm.
1: um where it kind of it you know, it doesn't get in your way as a player and it kind of just is a like a world that you explore I guess I don't uh-huh. really know exactly how to describe that but it's you know there was this kind of movement of uh or games were moving in this direction most popular games where they were very uh you know kind of like they they pace the game for you like you know you you get stuck in like walking segments or talking to you know unskippable cutscenes or you know mm-hmm. big dialogue scenes and stuff it was very like mechanically paced or like more like a movie i guess where right dark souls came along and it was a lot more just it it plops you in a world it has nothing like that like everything's at your pace it's just how you're moving through the world um
0: it's sort of hard to describe it without talking about the games that surrounded it, right? Because, like, in a lot right. of ways, I've always seen those games as sort of a response to the other console games, you know, especially third-person, like, I don't know, like, story, you know, narrative-ish uh, console yeah. games um, exactly. of the time, right? And so it was very much responding to those.
1: Yeah, it definitely, it, it, it's like a contrast, I guess, to, to what was happening at the time, mm-hmm. I suppose.
0: Yeah, and so there, there's that element of it where it's, like, it's sort of a return to a uh, previous era of video games. Like, it reminds me the most of Legend of Zelda, the original Zelda, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think we've talked about that.
1: that's a game I compare it to a lot, It's the yeah. first, the NES Zelda.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, and I could definitely see that a lot, um, which, is, uh, which is really different from even the later Zelda games became a lot more... Um, other than Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild being kind of exceptional, I think, among, you know, modern Zelda yeah. games.
1: Right, because it's kind of also a return to that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that that's one of the things about Dark Souls, but I think that's also, that's probably not the only, um, the only, like, thing yeah. a, that could be, that could be, like, how else, what else is important about Dark Souls, I guess?
1: Um, hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know, um I mean, off the top of my head uh...
0: to me, so I yeah. have a couple that I can throw out there i mean yeah, i like... uh, you know I, I think that there is something to the aesthetics of the game and it's and it's sort of related to that in that there's less text and dialogue there's everything has sort of a quietness to it, there's um a lot of like sections with like right. no music or um. And, and also, yeah, it's just less, it's way less vocal of a game than a lot of games would be in, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's it kind of,
1: it's not, it's not in your face about anything. It kind of is, uh, like, I, I know the, um, the, a lot of people say like it, it trusts you as a player, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, and I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of elements to that, but like one of the elements there is like, it trusts that you're not going to like just give up and like leave or mm. something like yeah. it, it's not concerned that you're just going to walk away. I guess. Yeah, no, I totally. Or a little more confident, I suppose. Absolutely.
0: The- yeah. It's confident with what it has to present. It doesn't feel like it has to sort of trick you into completing it and, uh, and, and, you know, hooking you in with like, um, that's another thing I guess that's kind of interesting about it is that like, I, I think it's actually, you know, all games, all video games, uh, Not the very earliest video games, but since like at least all games since like 2000 or something uh, or 95, maybe even certainly since 2000, have started incorporating more and more sort of like RPG elements, which um, have like Skinner box-like effects, you know, of like, oh, I need to collect a bunch right. of stuff or like get random drops and things like that. And I would say that actually on that, you know, in terms of the spectrum of that, and like, I don't know, maybe like a clicker or like a farm villa or something like that, um, mm-hmm. being very hard on that side, uh you know a lot of that
1: the one extreme
0: that would be the one extreme and then the other extreme would be i don't know like just like a tennis game with no meta game or like like you know something chess exactly yeah so i would say dark souls is actually especially for the kind of game it is it's actually it's actually seems like it's pretty far away from the skinner boxy kind of feelings did you did you agree with that yeah
1: i mean i would mostly agree there's there's definitely like you know it has the standard kind of RPG trappings, I swear. Like, it is an RPG. Right. Um, so it has, you know, levels, and you are getting stronger, and you upgrade your weapons and stuff. I do um,
0: seem to recall, I used to have a housemate, actually, that would play a lot of Dark Souls, and I remember he was, like, very, very high-level playing, and he was, like, he was sort of talking about it in a way that I hear some people talk about Diablo with, like, rare drops and things like yeah, that. So there yeah, is something like that, like, at least later on.
1: Mm-hmm. There's, yeah, there's, uh, like, you know, there there's rare Rare drop like weapons you could get, and if you're specifically going for it, it's like all optional, obviously. But I guess, kind of like Symphony of the Night or something,
0: but like so many Uh, games that when I play them now for the like literally right out of the gate, they're like, okay, here's your big, like you know, uh, like uh, what is it, like recipe system, and all this crap. And it it feels (laughs) like, and maybe part of this is that Dark Souls 1 originally came out in what 2009 is that right? Uh,
1: 2011. Oh really? Okay. It was um. It was uh, Demon Souls came out uh,
0: in uh, two thousand
1: eight, I think, or two thousand nine. Okay. All right. Well, uh, anyway. So that was technically the first one,
0: but I yeah. actually play Demon Souls. So, so it may be <laughs> that that part of this is that Dark Souls came out a little bit before some of that kind of uh you know recipefication of, of video games really took over in console games i don't know did later on in the later um souls or from software games did they start getting more like that in your opinion or
1: um well i i was, thought it was funny you mentioned the uh you know like the diablo like loot grinding kind of thing your uh. treadmill sort of thing because right now i'm uh i'm playing bloodborne and i'm uh or bloodborne and i'm uh and i'm grind like I'm i'm doing the chalice dungeon things to mm-hmm. To grind for super rare drops right now, and it's been taking a, a really long time. So that's kind of like the worst it could get, I guess. That, oh, on but that front,
0: is Bloodborne um, as a game overall more along those lines, or is it sort um, of similar? I mean,
1: it's just, it's definitely just the chalice dungeon part, like, mm-hmm. which is a, again a totally optional. You don't actually need to go in those at all. Like, just the base game, like, if you were to, you know, quote unquote, complete it of beating the last boss or whatever. Right. Uh, I would say it's like maybe even less than less than Dark Souls on that front. Um, mm-hmm. It's just when you step into the Chalice Dungeons, like that becomes a uh, you start like uh, farming for better gems and stuff that have you know like five percent more damage on them or something.
0: <laughs> right. 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 Uh,
1: but that that's the only one I think they've ever done that on, and that was I mean that one was in 2015. Mm-hmm. And like if you compare to um, uh, their latest game, Sekiro, which is the least like Souls that they've made since making the Souls games, um, it's you know it's even less. Like it's it's way less on that front. It's much more just like a, I don't know, like a how to even compare it, like NES Castlevania or something. You know, like just like right. an action game sort of Sure. Thing.
0: Yeah, and that well, that brings us, I think, maybe to another thing that is special, or at least was special, about Dark Souls and probably Demon Souls, um, which is the pace. Uh, which is, um, and and the fact that, you know, the stamina bar and the really long, slow uh, animation uh, timings and stuff like that. Like, so one of the things I've always said about real-time games is that they should be slower uh, at the very least. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's a way to make them effectively less random. You know, like anyone could agree, I think, that if we sped up, let's say, Dark Souls or Zelda or anything like that, you know, five x speed or something. Yeah. It like or you know whatever. If you if you think you're fast enough to play it at that speed, fine. Ten x speed. Um. At some yeah. point, it becomes like just noise, right? And
1: yeah, you would be able to process what's happening so
0: yeah and it's just a matter of like there's only so fast that a human brain can process and react to information um and uh and so you're just going to be doing what at at a certain speed you're just doing what your hands are trained to do and you're just kind of and you're even just sort of like freaking out and just making sort of random you know spasmic yeah
1: um hoping that whatever your brain says to do is what's right
0: (laughs) yeah and so that's another, I think, maybe somewhat radical thing in the context of console games is the fact that Dark Souls is so slow. And so, um, so much about that, um, that like, I don't know, how would you describe the combat system in Dark Souls?
1: Um, well, so I was, I was going to mention that, yeah, like when it first came out, a lot of complaints that it got um, were, was that it was incredibly like clunky and bad feeling um, um. To, to play it. Um, and it was, uh, you know, coming from those things that you were mentioning, like when you do an attack, you're like locked into that animation for a couple frames or whatever, before right. you can roll away or move away or whatever. Um, so you actually kind of had to, uh, I, I think it, it leans it a little more towards like being strategic where you have to, you know, notice an opening and like go for it and like, you know, actually time, time attacks and plan, plan attacks out. It even has this thing a lot of people complain about, too, call, where you um, you actually cue actions um, as they're happening. So, like, if you rapidly press uh, the attack button twice, you'll do the one, like, the whole one attack animation. And then as soon as you're done, you'll do the next attack animation. Hmm. Uh, and, you, and you can't stop that. Uh, so, like, you have to actually, like click the attack button as many times as you want to attack.
0: See, so there's no like, spamming. If you try to like just spam it, you're going to end up queuing up a bunch of commands that but it can only queue two commands. Is that right?
1: No, I mean, I, I don't really know how it'll go until like the next one goes, I guess. But like one thing. Uh, yeah, like sometimes you'll uh, you'll like hit attack twice by accident, and then you're spamming the roll button and you accidentally like are doing another attack and it kind of messes you up. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's some element to that of, like, you really got to think about what you're doing. Right. Um, and I think that's kind of alien to a lot of uh, action games. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and then combined with the uh, the stamina bar, which I think is kind of, like, the best thing, like, gameplay or game, game design that they do for the combat is they just have the stamina bar thing, mm-hmm. which is, like, you know, it really... Uh, really uh amplifies that or something by the the strategic thinking where like everything you do is tied to a resource hmm. um as well so it's like it's not just like time and position based it's also like oh do i have enough stamina to do like yeah. i need to i need to dodge this attack then do i can maybe get two attacks in but if i go for a third i have the stamina but then i might not be able to roll away right it be dangerous that kind of thing yeah um,
0: I think that, I don't think Dark Souls or Demon Souls were the first games to use a stamina bar, but I think they were the first ga- games of their kind to use a uh, stamina bar. Like, I'm thinking there was, like, RPGs, yeah. um, sort of, like, action RPGs would sometimes Yeah, I use. mean, like,
1: uh, like, Elder Scrolls and stuff mm-hmm. had it, uh, yeah. like, in Morrowind and stuff. Yep.
0: That's what I was um, thinking of, actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't, in Morrowind, it doesn't uh, really work. It? Uh, it's... It's it's kind of it's kind of meaningless. Like it only sort of matters with like magic and stuff. Right.
1: It's it's a weird thing, I guess, where, like, if I remember correctly, in the Elder Scrolls games, you like you could run out of stamina, but you can keep attacking and that will. uh, It will just do less damage or something, Mm. um, if I'm not mistaken. So you could just keep spamming, attacking. Right. uh, Where in this it actually stops you.
0: yeah, and also it it makes more sense like structurally in a game that's like about sort of constant fighting, whereas like you know those those um you know Marwin that kind yeah. of thing, it might be like you might fight like one thing and then there's like an hour before you fight another thing, you know,
1: um, <laughs> depending on how you play, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: um, and so in, in Dark Souls is largely linear i mean there, it, well it seemed to me i mean i guess it, it sort of branches later on right but even uh, with... i mean
1: it, it branches right from the start really
0: but that's right yeah um, uh, yeah we had this conversation it, about, yeah where it's... it sort of hides its branchiness a little bit right
1: yeah well i mean it kind of hides a lot
0: of it itself i guess is right the, the nature of the beast and that's another um, appreciable thing about it and i remember i'm thinking about that tevis thompson article saving zelda i don't know if you ever read that but um, uh, not. yeah, that, it's a cool article. Tevis has been on this podcast before, but uh, he was writing about the original Zelda and how it had this sort of feeling of uh, mm-hmm. mystery and like wonderment Correct. about the world. And I think one of the ways it accomplishes that is by having those like, you know, in the original Zelda, like any tree could have uh, like a, you know, a mystery, right. like a secret passage behind it. It, behind
1: wasn't, it. Just the, wasn't just the walls with the cracks in it.
0: Right? Exactly. And and that obviously has downsides, you know, it, it right. means now I have to hit every single freaking tree, but, <laughs> right. uh, but also it has upsides of creating this sense of like, there is just this world, it's this artifact, it's this place and you can explore it if you want to. And you may find weird stuff that, you know, that, uh, is surprising and you may not find those things and that's Mm. okay too, you know? Um, and that's part of that trusting the player kind of thing. Um, but I think, yeah, that, that, that this game has that. And I could, I could sort of tell, and you could feel it on the game. I think like right away that it, it has Mm. a little more going on. Um, and Yeah, yeah,
1: kind of how they present or kind of how it presents itself kind of lends that feeling, I guess, of like, Like, it it tries to work that mystery into everything, I guess. Like, even the story and stuff. um, Where you're kind of just, like, given this weird, like, cryptic, you know, opening cutscene. And, like, the first guy you talk to is, like, talking about prophecies and stuff. And you're like, something's going on here, I guess. Sure, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I I sort of wish that Dark Souls had come out. A little earlier or that I was born a little uh, later or something, because I feel like by right. the time it came out, I already was just like so burned of that kind of like not that kind of thing, but like console games and like single player, like adventure, jumping around, attacking monsters kind of games. And, you know, I, I feel like I, I'm not in a place where I can fully like fully dive into it and enjoy it in the way that i probably would have if i were younger when it came out or or something like that or yeah um, or just if my lifestyle was a little different or something but um you know i i appreciate it a lot but i i don't enjoy it and that's also like an an interesting thing to talk about and Mm -hmm. and think about
1: because yeah i think for me it was like it was kind of a you know right right time like mm-hmm. the perfect moment when dark souls came out because i was like i was getting this feeling of like like i think i'm just not gonna play video games anymore or something mm-hmm. like i remember playing through assassin's creed 2
0: mm-hmm.
1: on, on like xbox 360 and being like this sucks dude <laughs> like, <I don't laughs> yeah. know. but like i played through the whole game and it was just kind of like going through it in zombie mode yeah i don't know.
0: Yeah, I went um, through so many games in zombie mode and now I'm just like, I feel like I, I can't like I can access my excitement and fun and joy in games in certain games, but like games that sort of feel have certain things like like, you know how I am about puzzles in ga- in right. video games like video game style puzzles like when I when I like certain things like that they just like set me off and I'm like, No, like I have, like oh, yeah. this very reactionary response because I think I did what you did with Assassin's Creed too for like so many years. Like and are, yeah. and I you just
1: didn't, you, you didn't have a Dark Souls that came along and saved you
0: well, i I did, <laughs> but I did. but my dark oh, Souls well, was, was it, right? it was totally it was much more distinctly different. It was like Western RPGs and board games and things like that, which are like, um you know they're just so they feel like very different animals um whereas dark souls is interesting because it is within that like assassins creedy kind of language you know at least nominally like you know in some kind of like surface level way but um yeah and so that's that's kind of an interesting thing is like that association
1: yeah it is kind of it's it's speaking i think that's a good way to put it is it's speaking the language of all those types of games but just doing it a lot better, I don't know, <laughs> like I mean obviously doing something different, um, yeah, but something I like better, I guess
0: so um, one more thing we should talk about too is the um is the i guess like a sort of uh, dark side or or like or potential dark side, or something at least that should be discussed, which is the whole question about like you know difficulty, and like for me, right. my thing is um you know. Uh, the game is interesting because it has like this it, it, it's, it has two things going on that are distinct. One is this like, hey, I'm just this thing. You can you know experience these things with me or not. Um, and you know, just just like experience me and see what happens for you, right? But one of the things that can happen for you, and actually, I would say probably would happen for many players, is that it just sort of shuts them down. Like it just tells them no. You know what I mean? Like, mm. um, because of this, the the, dif- the difficulty and the you know the way it um, the difficulty manifests in terms of like, you know, like you just have to beat this boss, and if you can't do that, um, sorry, you know, yeah, like, right. um, and and I think there's two uh, sort of answers to that. One of them is the like, well, that's the that's the thing is like, you know, you overcome this challenge, and and that's great for the people who end up doing that um but mm-hmm. it's also worth thinking about like well you know i don't know like do you have any thoughts about that
1: um yeah i guess um so yeah there there's the you mentioned the element of like people bouncing off of it i guess mm-hmm. um like it's it's too hard and they just don't feel like they can do it or maybe they can't do it i you know um and i think like you know with i mean i guess dark souls especially it doesn't have a a difficulty mode you just it just is how it is mm-hmm. um which means it could be potentially too easy for people who are better at that sort of game and could be way too hard for people who uh, have never played that kind of game um which i do think i just want to mention i i feel like that's a part of the difficulty discussion that never gets mentioned is that you know with the souls games is that it always gets mentioned that there could be too hard for someone there's no easy mode but it never gets mentioned that the you know there could be like a a player that it's like an expert for. mode yeah right <laughs> you know yeah
0: thing? sure uh, yeah Which, why not
1: but the thing i think is neat about the souls games i guess is that they um they do have kind of a uh, a lot of things uh kind of within them like and again it's like within the world uh, of the game like it's it's not an option in a menu Mm -hmm. um but there are like you know quote-unquote difficulty options i guess for the souls games they're just kind of hidden um because you have to find them in the world i guess um but yeah like the biggest one i guess is is summoning other players Mm. um where you can um yeah you just get other people in your world and it gives the uh gives the boss a little more health but um, it makes it easier, generally, if you have mm-hmm. multiple people fighting it. Um, and I think with, like, stuff like that, a lot of people could get through it. Um, but I guess, as you're saying, there's the, uh, you know, people could bounce off before they realize that kind of thing is there. And, like, they could they could interpret it as the game saying, like, the... Or, what you were saying of the... Uh, like, no, like, yeah, like sh- shutting you down like a an fu kind of thing,
0: sure, yeah, um, i'm I'm of really two minds about that that whole conversation. like i I actually don't know what my opinion is exactly in terms of like difficulty modes because on the one hand, you know, there's this idea of making games accessible, right? And I mm. think that's really good. I think that having accessibility options so that more people can play games is, really good especially when it comes obviously to like you know people with various disabilities um and yeah,
1: yeah. 100% agree with that
0: yeah yeah i think i think most like you know nice people would agree with that yeah. right <laughs> um but at the same time i also feel like so i mean you know in terms of like something like difficulty or let's say the game says no to you right and you like you can't beat this boss and you're like ah i don't know this isn't really working for me and you quit is that like is that like a bad thing? Like maybe that's fine. Like maybe this is just not a game right. for you and that's fine. And like, you know, not every game has to be for every single person, uh, There, especially these days with like, you know, the explosion of like indie games and things like that, like imagine, you know, like we would never think if some like indie uh, developer made some little app, you know, that had and mm-hmm. didn't have any difficulty modes. And it was just this weird little thing that someone made, you know, in, in like a week or something. And, you know, um, it's okay that it's just this, it is what it is on one level. Um, and so, yeah. I don't know, I, I kind of go back and forth because at the same time, though, then the other level is Dark Souls is this huge social phenomenon. And like, uh, you know, the some of these big AAA games, maybe Dark Souls is not the best example of that, but like something yeah, like a, a new Mario game or something like, a, <laughs> you know, new Zelda game maybe that has this like huge social... Uh, event sort of status to it like maybe in those situations it you should have difficulty options so that people can engage in it but maybe it's also okay to have something like dark souls which is like i am what i am take me or leave me if you don't like me or if you're not interested that's fine there are other games right
1: right yeah i agree um that yeah so yeah difficult or accessibility options of course good and if you know the more the merrier i think and i will say i don't think i would be I, I wouldn't be like you know vengeful or furious or anything if you know the next uh from software game comes out and it has an easy mode or something mm-hmm. um, i would be like oh okay <laughs> like, i don't know yeah. um i wouldn't play it i guess but right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's um, that's that's another dynamic here is that there is a contingent of the fan base and, you know, to be more fair, gamers in general um, that would be offended by that and would be. And that's yeah. also, I think, part of the conversation is like, like there is a like we actually specifically like that Dark Souls is too hard for a lot of people to play like that's we're, we're playing it. Mm not so much that we can overcome this, you know, hard challenge necessarily and whatever, but like on some level, I like that this is something I can do and like, I don't know, my (laughs) young sister can't do or something like that. You know what I mean? Right.
1: Which (sighs) I I hope is not the primary reason I like the games, but
0: (laughs) well, I, (laughs) I,
1: I, but I, I have to like, probably there's some element of that. Like when you, you know, if you, you can beat a souls game and you're just kind of a little like I guess proud about it or something um and you want to feel superior to people who can't do it I suppose
0: yeah I mean but that, that and that stuff that's certainly not just our souls like that's that's you know I mean that's like in roguelike uh in, in roguelike right. games you know uh there there's actually the and I think souls games take something uh, a good amount of stuff from in fact sometimes uh dark souls reminded me in a few ways of nethack but like it, it reminds me a little bit of the roguelike um, certain elements of the roguelike aesthetic of like uh, being you know really hard and like permadeath and some ideas surrounding surrounding that um, and right. Got yeah being,
1: like ruthless sort of
0: yeah yeah I mean like a lot of roguelikes especially later on not the earliest roguelikes but like later on roguelikes once it started to become like a phenomenon in the late two thousands started like sort of marketing themselves in terms of like you're gonna die. You're gonna get your ass kicked. <laughs> like that kind of stuff, you know? Right. Uh, which, which that does actually
1: remind me of um, the the marketing for Dark Souls was uh, exactly like that. Hmm. Which I think was actually a. I mean, I can't say it was a mistake like financially or like from sure. a marketing sense, but I do think it was a mistake in terms of like uh, explaining what the game was. Hmm. I think because there's definitely some of that. Um, uh you know like the the game got touted or touted as being like the the like the hardest game ever right or something right when it like totally isn't um yeah. it's just kind of like uh you know it 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 feels a little like oppressive i guess in its atmosphere which i think lends to that and it mm-hmm. is difficult it's not like an easy game
0: sure
1: um it's definitely not the hardest game ever but i think some people Especially with the, uh, you know, the branching paths, like, um, like there's a there's it's totally possible that like a new player, you know, heard that the game's super hard, they go in to try it because everyone's talking about it or whatever. And right from Firelink Shrine, instead of going to Undeadburg, which is like the way you're supposed to go, they go into the catacombs where Mm -hmm. they're fighting super strong skeletons. And they're like, oh, the game is supposed to be really hard. So this is normal. This is where like, you know, like normally from a game design perspective, you go to the area that's super hard and you're like, oh, probably I'm not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. But if you're if the game is sold as like, oh, it's the hardest game ever. Ah. It's like, Maybe this is just totally normal.
0: Well, but not like, just that, but like a lot of I mean, I think a lot of console game players are they think that there's just one path, right? Like so they're like, this is true. the way I go. This is the next level. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there, there's some I think maybe missteps there which kind of like have now it like sort of infected the the conversation around the game with like you know the the prepare to die marketing sure
0: sure yeah which i mean that wouldn't be the first time marketing you know had to sell something as something other than what it was Um, right yeah so um all right well we're almost out of time but like uh uh so they're they're making another game coming up, and nobody knows anything about it yet,
1: right? Uh, Elden Ring, yeah. Um, I guess all that all that we know about it is that it's uh, uh, their take. What what they've said is their take on open world. So, um, huh. and that it's going to be more like Dark Souls than Sekiro was. Simple. I mean,
0: if, if if Dark Souls was a little bit more Breath of the Wild-y, like a little bit more like open spaces and, you know, kind mm. of exploring, like I actually think I could, I could get into that. Like uh, I was able to play through uh, Breath of the Wild, which uh, I was very, very proud of myself for not completely hating something. <laughs> um, and uh, if it was a little bit more like that, like somebody, if, if there was a remix of like Breath of the Wild and Dark Souls, I think I could really get into that.
1: Yeah, I... I had said uh my my main thought on breath of the wild was like this would this would be really awesome if it had dark souls combat (laughs) yeah (laughs) which Because, I yeah, the or put of the Wild, or, now, that's a little
0: maybe something even uh, that uses elements of both to make something even better, because like one of the things in right. Dark Souls, like Dark Souls does have like I noticed that you have like a kick move, which I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> awesome. I can kick people like that's that's what I want to do. That sounds awesome. Like, right. um, you know, because I'm just like trying to kick people off of stuff and, you know, get mm. like physics-y things to happen. And Breath of the Wild technically has physics like. There can be events that happen that are physics-y and weird and surprising.
1: Yeah, it's just really (laughs) rare.
0: Yeah, most of the time you just want to just mash the attack button and just win. So um, but yeah, yeah. I heard a uh, a good, a
1: good criticism of Breath of the Wild. I thought someone was saying like, like, you know, you you have the glider and you basically always use the glider to get over stuff. But really what the game, what you want to be doing in the game is like cutting down trees to like make bridges over uh, crevices and stuff. Yeah, um, but you just like never do that. <laughs> right. Like...
0: Exactly. Uh, in fact, there was uh, somebody brought up the idea that point in the game where you get put on that island. Was that you that brought that up where you get put on yeah, that I island? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you now you don't have all that stuff and now you actually have to use the rules of the game all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, it's like when they take away all your stuff, suddenly you're, you're actually engaged
0: with the systems, <laughs> so, right? Uh,
1: yeah, which is cool.
0: Cool um, alright, so is there uh, you're working on a comic by the way that actually is a little bit I feel like it's a little bit Dark Souls uh Inspired a little inspired by I think it
1: probably it's probably impossible for me to not be at this point in my life it's been such a uh, like Dark Souls has been such a uh, a Big part of my life. I guess at mm-hmm. this point that it'd be impossible to avoid some inspirations. I suppose
0: uh, well, do you want to tell us a little bit about the comic and also where we can check it out?
1: Um, the comic is called Gentle Dark, which is also actually a... Uh, the title's also inspired by huh. uh, Dark Souls 3, actually. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's called Gentle Dark. Uh, it's not, like... It's technically not out yet, I guess I would say, but mm-hmm. you could read the, uh, the first... I think it's 18 pages I've done. Nice. Yeah. Um, on my twitter which is uh at bayosnook b-o-s-n-o-o-k um and i don't know because <laughs> it's uh it's a little i guess right now like an adventure kind of comic about some wacky characters in a weird dark place <laughs> yeah yeah i've i've, I've been up on it right now
0: Yes, it's very mysterious, and I love there's some really good like, aesthetics, some really cool color stuff, and I love one of my favorite things about it is just how you make the comic panels and how the how the comic panels are framed, There's some good like, graphic design oh, yeah. stuff. And, yeah, <laughs> I recommend it, for sure. Um, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes so people can uh, check that out. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, Pete, for coming on the show and talking about Dark Souls.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Alright, well, I'll see you around on the Discord.
1: All right, see ya.